Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Zach Brown Band brings its comeback tour to Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland on Thursday. I spoke with the country band for a preview of the show, but first I spoke with Zach Brown himself at the 2016 Grammys on the Hill event at the Hamilton in Washington, D.C. Congrats, everybody. This is this is really cool. Um, talk to me about the importance of visual storytelling, because you listen to your songs, you can, like, see it, you know? It's like on a truck stop outside of Lincoln, the night's as black as the coffees you're drinking, you know? Tell how you try to paint a picture with you guys' song. Um, a great writer uh, in Nashville a long time ago gave me some advice on writing and he said you know you have to say make it as descriptive as possible with as few words as possible and so that that's the goal and being being influenced by you know Willie Nelson and by Dolly Parton and people that it's the genius is in so few words and, it, and you already put in a setting and you already have a, you know what's feeling what's going on you can you say so much with very few words if it's done the right way so our that's part of our journey as as poets and as songwriters is to try try to harness that yeah. try to capture it and um and if you don't feel something or see something then it's not a great song yeah so our goal is to try to make great songs and yeah. that that make you feel something you know yeah and how big of an honor is it tonight and what are you guys going to try to promote while you're while you're here on the hill obviously we live in much different times some people can download songs just as free as it's ever been you didn't, you guys want to get paid for this right so <laughs> Okay. Kind of weave nice, it in there. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. See how we did that? Yeah. No, wait. So what you know, what sort of like issues are gonna promote while you're here on the hill? I'm excited to, to, to be an advocate for artist rights and producers and engineers and the the art and the dedication that it takes to do that and to create music on, on a really high level, those those people have to be paid somehow and with everything shifting if if the certain corporations lawyers are faster than the artists and the people representing us, then there's not gonna be anything left. Uh, so it's just important that it's that it's fair, um, and that it's not a greed-based system. And if somebody doesn't stand up for us, then you know it, it, it will be we'll be victims of everyone else's you know capitalization. So that's what tonight's all about. Congrats, guys! Enjoy the night. Thanks. 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 Nice meeting y'all. I next hopped on the phone with bandmates Coy Bowles and Clay Cook to preview this week's show at Merriweather. Coy Bowles, guitar, keys, and songwriting. Uh, Clay Cook. I kind of just do All whatever they need me to do outside of the important stuff. <laughs> uh, what can we expect from the show? I know, um, gosh, it's uh, called the Comeback Tour because uh, you guys have probably been on ice for, like the rest of us for like a year and a half now. But how exciting will it be to finally get back out there? Shows have been going really good, man. It's been uh, just kind of a, a real ecstatic energy uh, to just kind of walk out on stage and get to play. Um so um, yeah, the sh- so so far, man, it's just been uh, you know feels so good. It's kind of really interesting to uh, such a huge part of your life to kind of just completely stop, uh, and then you kind of just keep you know living and doing your thing because that's what's necessary. And then you get to go back to do it, and you're really like, wow, I forgot that I get to play in front of X thousands of people with these amazing songs with this amazing band. You know, so it's um, it just feels really good, man. Yeah, you know, you think about um, fans in the audience. <clears throat> they love music, and they love our music. You know, otherwise they probably wouldn't be there. But for us, you know, it's even more intense because this is our life, you know, to to be a part of a band and to play music for people. 
And, you know, all intents and purposes, the, we, you know, the, we were the first thing to go away, you know, as far as mass gathering. And then we were kind of the last thing to come back, you know? And so people went about their days, you know, they did miss live music. And we know, I mean, I, I miss live music just as a fan. But man, it's been very cathartic for us to walk out on stage again. And, you know, there's a little tiny part of all of us we weren't sure that would ever happen again. You know? Oh yeah, and uh, and it'll be so great to see you guys live again because I mean, there's nothing like a Zach Brown band concert. Uh, I've seen you a couple times before we hop on here. We were talking about the Grammys on the Hill event. Our DC audiences got to see a nice intimate setting there at the Hamilton. Uh, reflect on that really fast. It was all about licensing rights, but it turned into sort of an emotional night, right? Yeah, we, we never talk about the past. We're always talking about like you know what the new album's like and just you know uh, you know what touring's going to be like. So we very rarely reflect on it. And I just remember that night, kind of reflecting on how the story of the band got to you know to be where it is or whatever, and just being like, wow, man, this is really emotional because we never really do this. I just remember that about that night, you know. Yeah, and yeah. also uh, another piece of information that was the last time I saw Eddie Money. Um, wow, I think so you're right. Like, yeah, was, yeah, that was that was double uh, that was uh, double emotional at this point now in hindsight, you know. Yeah, you're right. He passed away shortly after that. You're you're entirely right. Wow. Yeah, emotional for lots of reasons. Um, well, you mentioned how it was, you know, it was sort of a treat to get to pause and reflect and think about the past uh, at that event. So remind us how the band actually came together down in Georgia. Yeah. So basically, um, Zach had been. Uh, so I went to school with Zach in. Uh, it, it, when I was like 18, 19, um, and we knew each other from playing the music scene in uh, West Georgia College. Way back in 18, so actually, 19. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> were yeah. 18, 19, exactly. Uh, and uh, um, I, so we would bump into each other at the bars and all that stuff, and then I, I moved to Atlanta and started seeing the Zach Brown band, you know, playing everywhere, and we go and started going and checking them out. But basically, Zach... Uh, um, united with uh, with Jimmy, uh, our violin player, and um, at the time, bass player, uh, John Hopkins. Um, and John now uh, plays acoustic guitars and is amazing background vocals and all this other stuff. Uh, and we've obviously added members over the years, um, including Clay, who's about to tell his story. But anyway, um, I joined uh, about a year and a half, two years in. So they had already recorded uh, the foundation. And, uh, I just remember going and seeing them not being in the band and just going and checking them out and everything and being like, this is the most professional band by far I've ever seen in Atlanta, just playing at a bar. Like these guys sound like a real band, not just some guys like cutting up. And all they were doing was like playing covers and their own stuff and whatever. But there was just something about all the vocal harmonies being together and, you know, all this stuff was so together. And I was like, man, nobody's really doing this. Um, there's so much music coming off the stage. And then shortly thereafter, I started opening up for the Zach Brown band. And uh, Zach asked if I would play keys and guitar with the band um, after my band would open up. And so I was kind of pulling double duty. And then shortly thereafter, uh, I decided to put my band on hiatus and, uh, and go with the band full time. Um, and then that was like a rocket ship kind of around that same time. We went on a tour for promoting chicken fried on the radio and we're gone for like, I think 14 weeks at one point. 
Um, and it was just like being strapped to a rocket and just blasted in outer space, man. Um, and the whole thing was just like, hold on as tight as you can. And then single after single after single started coming out. Then we went and recorded another album and then we started winning, winning Grammys and other awards and, you know, recording more albums. And, you know, uh, and by that point, Clay had joined the band and added a big part and he and I became uh, really, really tight because we basically share, you know, kind of similar instruments. We'll swap back and forth on keys and guitars and things like that. And it's been a really cool ride with Clay and I because <clears throat> we're not really competitive at all, which is um, really beautiful to be in a band with somebody and share different stuff. And we play so different from each other, but yet we know exactly kind of how each other plays uh, to where um, it's just all about the music, you know? So, um, yeah, man, and from then on, it's just been you know, walking out in front of places and being like, how many people are here? How did we get to do this? Like, question mark, question mark, question mark, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's got to be wild when you stop and think about it. You know, like, how do we get here again? <laughs> We're living the dream. Yeah. Uh, Clay, remind our listeners when you actually hooked on with, with the band and, you know, we're welcome with open arms during that meteoric rise there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they had always been five feet. Even before, like, Coy had replaced another guitar player, you know. And they they had been a five-piece for a couple of years at this point. And I feel like there was some songs where Coy would be on guitar live, but the recording had Hammond organ on it as well as guitar. And so I think Zach had, uh, like, said, you know what, we just need one more guy, you know. And uh, at least for the near future. I just want to jut in real fast. He's being very kind about how he's talking about this. Basically, we always asked Clay if he would join the band like every year, and we (laughs) had not become successful enough for him to join the band yet. And at one point, we were successful, and we were like, do you want to join the band now? And he was like, yeah, I think I'll join the band now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you you, you get to a certain level in your life, and if you can't pay your mortgage – playing music you know you've got to figure something else out but um yeah i i basically what happened was chicken fried was about to go number one and zach called me and said uh i I think i can afford a sixth guy now and it not mess up everybody's money you know because you bring in another guy and if, if there's only so much pie and then apparently at one point the pie got bigger so so it was okay to add another guy um, and you know, we're all in our thirties at this point, you know, like it was Coy's the youngest. And I think when I came in the band, Coy was probably turning 30. So, you know, it wasn't like we were 19 years old, you know, and cause it wouldn't have worked out. It definitely wouldn't have worked out if we were all 19, 20 years old, we would all just fought each other and that would have been it, you know, but we'd all been in bands before for years and it came together and honestly i i don't know i definitely hadn't been in a band where it felt like family like it did instantly with zach you know because half of the guys were already dads you know and uh you know coy and i were a little late to the game on that but uh we uh we, we're all dads we're all dads i think there's 23 kids in the band 23 <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a lot. We figured it out. (laughs) 
if you ever brought him up on stage, that would fill the whole damn stage. Wow, 23. Oh, you're wow. not kidding. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. So yeah. so you so you joined then, so you're saying that you, at least what I'm hearing here is that you were sort of holding out a little bit and then when Chicken Fry took off, they could afford to divide the pot one more band. So thanks to Chicken Fry. What What is it about Chicken Fry? Why do you think that worked? I mean, it is, it's that classic, like, Americana. You literally list all the things we love in that song. and then Yeah, yeah, it's a slice <laughs> of Americana. And then also it's just a little get-down jam song. Like, it's just, it's, people just can't help but dance when we play that, you know? Like, it's just, it just, every, it checks all the boxes. Oh, yeah. Who who doesn't want chicken fried and cold beer on a Friday night? Like, it's it's all, I, I just love your music because it, it, it taps into, like, every sort of strand of country music that I personally love. So, you have, you know, chicken fried is sort of that Americana, even, like, you know, a little patriotic thing to it. I guess No Hurry is sort of in that, you know, just appreciating the roundup. But then also, you've also mastered the whole Jimmy Buffett Island tune with toes in the water and knee deep. I mean, uh, so what's the key to, like, creating those island tunes that, that make you want to just put it on while you're fishing or out on a boat <laughs> i i think it's because zach genuinely loves the 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 blue water he loves getting in down somewhere in the carrot caribbean i mean he he genuinely loves it not just like oh this is a nice place to vacation and so there's that true connection that he has to loving to be out on the beach you know and so uh so does wyatt who Wyatt Durrett uh, wrote a lot of those things with us in the early days, and um, and he 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 might love it more than Zach, to be honest. Um, it's in and so they, that's what they want to write about, and it's real. It's not like, hey, let's write a a beachy song. He wants to he wants to preach all these things, you know. Yeah, for sure. When you hear have to hear the sort of the censored version on the radio, I got my toes in the water, toes in the sand. Is part of you say, ah oh, man, just can we just say ass in the sand? It's so much better when we get to say a lot. <laughs> Maybe nowadays. Back then, it was really risque, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Back then, it was like, here's to the past, kiss my glass. You had to be careful then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing awesome. that's really interesting, well, if you were to ask Zach, like, what his favorite thing in life to do is, is he would probably say uh, spearfishing. Like, he absolutely loves going, uh, you know, like, kind of uh, snorkeling and diving and stuff like that for fish um, and whatnot. I mean, that's just, like, his – he loves it, man. Um, so like like um, Clay was saying, it's it's really interesting because it seems like, you know, we have one or two of those type songs on a lot of the albums and things of that nature. But um, I think, you know, we all kind of grew up uh, going to the beach for vacation, you know, especially being in Atlanta or in, the, you know, in Georgia and the Gulf is pretty near. So going to like Panama City or something like that was just kind of part of Southern living. And, um, and also, you know, when there's the classic, when you can't go to the beach and when you're you're younger and you don't have enough money, you basically get on your uncle's pontoon boat or whatever and act like you're on the beach, but you're really on the lake uh, kind of thing. Right. So everybody kind of grew up with that whole uh, water life kind of thing. I mean, I know 
I'm a river rat. I grew up in a town where everybody goes on the on the river. So and you play these type of songs while you're on the river, you know, that are about like hanging out on the beach or or whatever else, you know. Oh yeah, uh, you get on. My of, wife and I loved it. You get on an inner tube, you go down for a little river ride, and is it a PBR on the way? Are you guys PBR drinkers? Oh yeah, I'll drink a PBR. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm a little less beer uh, these days. I'll 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 enjoy a uh, mixed drink from time to time. The guys make fun of me. What was the name that we called you? Cosmo Crab Chip. Cosmo Crab Chip. Being in Maryland, uh, I love the Uts. Uh, Maryland potato chips, like you the old Maryland crab crabs. Chip. Yeah. Hey man, I'm in Maryland right now, born and raised. Yeah, crabs in the summer. I mean, this might have even been before Foundation even came out. It might have still been on like MySpace or something. This is how far back my buddy Ryan Ruffner got your stuff on MySpace, and we would play that and pick crabs and go to the beach. Like it's it's all wrapped into one. Your music and a PBR and crabs. Thanks for just being the soundtrack of all of our lives. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you, you know, you've done the beach songs, you did the Americana chicken fried songs, but then I've also really noticed another through line where you guys are great at those, like those road songs, like driving songs, like, uh, you know, highway 20 ride or just as free as I ever be. And that, or something a little more bittersweet, like a, like a colder weather. When you're painting those pictures visually with visual storytelling out on the road, I always think of lines like the night is black as the coffee he's drinking. I mean, that just puts us right on that truck stop, on that diner outside of Lincoln. It just puts us in that moment. And how important is visual storytelling like that when you're talking about being out on the road? Well, it's something that you try to, because um, a lot of people don't travel nearly as much as we do. Um, and a lot of people uh, don't live this life of being on a tour bus all the time, you know. So you try to relay this whole idea of, um, you know, kind of yearning for home, yearning for some kind of solid foundation but yet always being pulled out uh by this other part of your life um so there's a, you know there's a deep duality to what we do you know we want our families we want home we want stability but then we're kind of like gypsies where we got to go and you know ride the roads and play the music and tell our tale and you know and inspire people and heal people with music and all this and then you know, and then you start missing your family again. And, uh, you know, so the, I think the, the most important thing that we try to do is uh, in those songs is kind of relay this sense of, like, you know, we're never settled, man. You know, like, it's not that we're not happy, you know, because I'm happy when I'm home. I'm happy when I'm on the road. But, like, you know, when you're at home for too long, you start really missing doing what it is that you were born to do, which is play music, you know. And then when you're out on the road for too long, you start really missing, you know, what you were born to do as well, which is be a husband and a father, you know. Um, so uh, I think personally that's the the key to all of that is trying to explain to people, you know, that there's this kind of um, there's this need to want to do both, you know. Yeah, you got to find – I guess it's all about the balance. And like you're saying, yeah, you're you're in one place. You, you miss being on the road, and then literally probably the second you're out there, like, first gig, you're like, man, I miss home. <laughs> it's, isn't that the funny thing about life, man? It sounds like you guys have – you know, with 23 kids, I think you've, you've struck the balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, well, since the very beginning, it's always been important for us to be with our kids. And so we – with the success, we've had the luxury of being able to afford to uh, to fly back home for – you know, three or four days and then fly back out or bus back, back and forth. So, you know, we've always made time uh, pretty much to not be out on the road too long and to come back. So we're very fortunate in that fact, because there's, you know, uh, some other bands who, you know, really their, 
um, they can't they can't do that, and so they go out for a month at a time and things of that nature. So that's probably one of the things that I'm most thankful for is that there's kind of a built-in balance between family and um, uh, and, and playing that, that's really solid with us. You know, we get three or four days of uh, playing music, three or four days of being at home, and then we go and do it all over again. You know, so um, it feels good, man. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh well, I mean you you capture it in in the songs perfectly. I mean, I mean we mentioned colder weather and I think I mean I, I personally think it's that song's like a masterpiece, but that's like a that's like a a bittersweet heart tugger. But then on the flip side, you guys can also do love songs or romantic songs that are are more upbeat too. Like, you know, you got whatever it is. I mean, that's a that's a love song, but it's upbeat as hell or keep me in mind. That's playful and and romantic or as she's walking away. I mean, with Alan Jackson, they're love songs in a way, but how cool is it that you have a whole set of sort of upbeat love songs where people can appreciate the romances in their life, but maybe it's not always a downer, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I mean, that that just shows the it just kind of shows you the the breadth that that can have with uh, the type of songwriting, you know, like it, and, 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 you know, we, we, we're no fools. We know that it, it's, you know, you can't have 80% sleepy songs during a set. And so you, you kind of try to find a way to make, make them up tempo. And if it doesn't sound stupid, you know, with the sentiment, you can, you can, you can make a, a sappy song sound fun and up tempo, you know, and, and you know that's that's just kind of we we a lot of times we're trying to write songs that we want to play live you know and or or make the songs that we've already written if you've written a a sleepy love song try to make it more exciting you know so so if it does become a hit if you're lucky enough for it to become a hit you 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 can put it in the set and it's not a whole night of sleepy tunes you know I love that. You say you're taking sleepy, sappy songs lyrically. You know, if you look at them on the page, it could be a sleepy song, but the way, I guess, the way it's arranged and everything, it's a concert jam. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. You guys have the foresight to think about how it plays at the concert. Well, um, before we run, um, you know, we've heard a lot about both of your stories, but since Zach's not here, talk about what makes him such a great, you know, band leader. I mean, for me personally, I've been hanging out and listening to Zach sing since I was like 18, 19 years old. And um, he is the kind of dude, when he starts talking about something that he is really passionate about or something that's really affected him, that like his voice will change and it'll like quiver. And you can tell like his emotions are pretty on the surface you know he doesn't fly off the handle or anything like that but you know it's like it's like when he starts talking about um uh, something that's near and dear to his heart like if he starts talking about his kids or something like that you'll see his voice change and his eyes will like kind of you know well up a little bit kind of thing you know um and i really think that because he emotionally stands at this place to where he feels things really deeply and kind of in the moment that um that you just believe him when he sings, man. And it's been like that since he was 19 years old. I remember him playing like, you know, um, a Sean Mullins tune or uh, Ed. What's the guy that you played with recently, Clay? McCain? Edwin McCain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Edwin McCain. He'd play one of those tunes when we were in college, man, and you were just like, yeah, this guy is slaying it, man. And and I think that that's the, the quintessential thing to why it all works because – you can have the most awesome group of guys behind you, family-oriented, everything. And if the lead singer is not believable, then it just doesn't sell. 
and it's not going to become successful. But for some reason, man, when Zach sings, there's a tone of his voice and this feeling that you're like, man, this guy really means this. And then back it all up with amazing harmonies and musicianship and great songs and everything else. And that's kind of the, the recipe. But uh, without that part of it, I, I think that that's the quintessential thing to me. And Zach's a really giving guy. I mean, I've learned so much from him as far as, like, what it's like to to put other people first when it comes to, you know, the stuff he's done with uh, the Camp Southern Ground and creating an atmosphere for kids to be able to um, grow and learn and all that stuff. So he's a very giving guy and as far as giving back and wants to leave this legacy of not just being known for music, but also being known for his kindness and, uh, you know, awareness of giving back to kids specifically. So uh, I've learned a lot from him from that. But as far as music goes, man, to me personally, it has to do with just him being believable. You know, he just, the guy exudes emotion when he sings. He's a really great dad too. Just a fantastic dad. Just, I mean, it, it's kind of, before I had kids, he'd already had three or four. No, actually, I think he had all five kids by the time I had my first kid. <laughs> and uh, and I look at that and the way he was with his kids, and I'm like, man, that's what I'm, I want to, I want a connection like that, you know? And, and he's just, it's, and, and it'll never change. That's just who he is. Same thing with the being genuine, you know, like that. That's just who he is, and you can set your watch by it, you know. Oh, that's great. You can set your watch. Well, everybody, set your watches for Thursday, August 19th. Um, gates open at 530, show at 645 at Merriweather. Um, it's going to be great to see you guys back out on the road. Um, you guys have been great. I, I really appreciate it, you know, picking your brains. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah, you Yeah, man, I think that the music that we're about to release coming up might possibly be one of the best, if not the best albums that we've ever done. So that's another thing that's really exciting about, like, this kind of fact that we've been at home for so long and we're back out on the road as we're playing some of these new songs and this new album is getting ready to be released and all that stuff. And uh, um, it's really, really, really good, man. So everybody who's a fan of the band and has been for a while, it feels good to, to be at a place to where, you know, we're still giving them what we think is our best. You know. Great. And so this show at Merriweather, they're going to get a sneak peek at those, as well as all the hits. Yeah. Is there a particular song from the new album that you can't wait for us to hear the most? I mean, Same Boat's pretty great. It really, and there's the reason that was the first one we tapped to put out, you know. Same Boat. Yeah. Yes. Boat is, uh, is a very uh, uh, great tune for what everybody's been going through with uh, the current environment of the pandemic and whatever, you know. It's like just kind of realizing that whatever's going on, man, we're all in this, you know, I guess to me, I think the same boat is same world. Like you can't get off of this planet just yet, you know? So we're all on, we're all in this together no matter what, you know? And it's, it feels good to think like that, you know? So. Wow. I mean, I think that's the perfect place to leave it. So yeah, everybody, we're all in the same boat. We've been in the same boat. We'll continue to be in the same boat. We'll get through it together. I love that's the message of the song. I really appreciate that guys. All right. Zach Brown band. Thanks guys. All right, sure, bud. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.